0: podcast is part of the
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it's The Weekend, that is it's John Gibbons hosting this week. I'm joined by Siobhan Began, by Damian Cavana, by Andy Heaton, and by Alison McGovern. And we're here, well, to look back and to look forward. It's been a busy week for Liverpool. It's been an important week for Liverpool. Uh, unfortunately, Siobhan, we lost uh, the yes. first game of the week, uh, our first game yeah. of the season as well, if we uh, discount that charity shield nonsense, because obviously we lost it, so it's fine, yeah. isn't it? Um, but... Not, I mean, you never want to lose, but I guess of all the games that we could lose, uh, the first one yeah. in the Champions League group stage, toughest game that we'll yeah. that we'll have in the Champions League isn't a bad one to start.
2: I suppose it's, you know, there's a lot of lot, of, lot going around about, oh, I'm not bothered we lost. Everyone's bothered that, that we lost. It's just a case of if you're going to lose one out of all of them, then make it your most difficult one, get it out of the way first, make it not in the league and win all your other games and just box it.
1: What did you make of
3: the performance, Damien? I thought it was good. I thought, um, you know, you're spot on there, you know, for damage limitation, that's the one to lose. Mm. To the boss side then, and on their own pitch, to yeah. the a handful. In fact, if you threw them into our league, you'd be seriously thinking about them finishing fourth. You know, I, I do think they are that decent. So the performance was night and day compared to this time last season when we thoroughly deserved to get smashed. And in this one, it felt like after about 20 minutes we were playing first goal to win it. You know, and, <laughs> and both teams were going for it. And you thought, whoever gets in front here is going to do the other one. And then it sort of, as the game sort of went on, you know, I think we'd done everything we could ask, other than being clinical, and it would be extremely, I don't know if cherish is the right word, to criticise this gang of um, three musketeers. we got up front for not being as clinical as they might be on an occasion. And then at the end, we just got nicked on something that was very controversial. And of course, you know, instead of just like treating it, it wasn't two legs, so it wasn't like hold at 1-0, it was can't keep pressing. And 2-0, OK, it's a kick up the arse, possibly, you know, it, it might... Um, Put them on the toes, and, and sometimes I think, I, like when Man City lost in the league at Anfield a couple of seasons ago, 4 3, I thought it was no bad thing for them because it was like a reminder of saying, Well, you're not totally invincible, go again. And so, yeah, I think it was a good performance,
1: good performance, and encouraging. So, and the deflating defeat or kick up the arse.
4: <laughs> Kinda of somewhere in the middle. Oh, I oh. <laughs> we knew that was coming? <laughs> um, no, I mean I, I went to Napoli last year and it was possibly the worst performance of the season, maybe apart from Red Back Star. Back you went. Yeah. <laughs> Cautionary. Jonah <style>. Heaton <laughs> went. Yeah. There you go. Know, I'm know. sure
1: the two are connected. Well,
4: you know, maybe apart from the Red Star. No, but as you say, it, it, out of all of them, the only game that could could potentially it basically it's not a season-defining game, and that sounds ridiculous, mm. but because it's in the group stage. Yeah. you you can still basically win all your games and go through, so it's fine, whereas it feels like any kind of defeat in the league, especially given the the momentum at the minute and what happened with Norwich and Man City, that, like, any kind of drop points, even at this stage of the season, could be really important. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's, it's... only one English team's won this week, Alison, which just shows that the Champions League's tough. That's the point of it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It, it might is, only be the group is. stages, but you're going to play, you're playing good teams, you're playing teams you've got there on merit. Napoli have got through in a, in, a, in a very good league, and they're always going to be tough.
0: It is, with a level of variety around the quality of the different leagues. So, like, I don't think that anybody thinks that all the leagues are equal and therefore all the teams are that good. The fact is, Napoli are really good. So, like, I think all of us knew. I mean, I didn't necessarily expect us to win, to be honest, which feels kind of weird. Like, I wasn't surprised by the defeat in that sense. And I agree with everything that people have said about the fact that strategically, if you've got to win one, you definitely choose this one. to, to. If you're going to lose one, you definitely choose this one to lose. Um, I think that um we also lost it better this year than last year <laughs> no way, so on these folks so so um so in in terms of like the progression obviously we are at a massively different point at this point in the season than we were last year in in in, in the sense of the quality of the players and Also the knowledge that the players have of each other and how they play as a team together. And I thought that showed. um, I'm really interested in the whole Napoli thing and like why nobody sits in that lower tier I like, can't make that loss. I, st- I haven't got to the bottom of no. that at all, but I think, I feel like that's that's like, so, I must be weird as a footballer to go to that ground and to have all those people basically staring down at you, shouting at you from the sky. Like, what is that about? So the noise from it? nowhere. It is, it is, it is a bit ancient Rome. And maybe mm, yeah. like ancient Rome, this is the game that whispers into the ear of our Emperor's <laughs> you are mortal.
1: Oh I started oh, to go hide but that Alison just, with her. just, had, me off, yeah. and just had me off, did she just absolutely had me off.
2: I'd shut up if I was you John. Well
1: well <laughs> I've got to present the show so I'm gonna to have to carry on. Um <laughs> Siobhan so Damien talked about it being a surprise in the open game and I yeah. kind of that I, I completely yeah. agree with him and I wonder whether, you know, the things that we're talking about around the fact that you know, it's it, it's not it's not like a an away match in 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 the mm. knockout stages. No. You know, there's not not an arm to worry about. Sort of, you know, you know, oh, oh, we need we need this to go through. Yeah. It, it felt like a game that they were aware that, you know, we we've already said, you know, we losing wasn't the end yeah. of the world, and you felt like that Definitely was on got their that mind. Sense. Yeah. You, that was on their mind a little
2: bit as well. Yeah, you talk a lot about like kinds of having rest periods within a game and it seemed like one of those where they were just taking advantage of the fact that of it not being a do or die game and um Napoli did not do the same thing. They just, you know, took their chance, but well, chance that was given to them yeah. when when the moment came and we didn't and I think that it, the the I was texting my boyfriend about it and he was saying, Oh, this is sloppy and that's sloppy and that's a bit slow and that's a bit slow and I kept saying, I think that's by design more than anything else. I think it's just because they wanna, you know, maybe preserve and just stick with what they've got and not put too much into it and then it just all went
4: to matches at the end. I think, I think the mad thing is that their goal kind of, it was fairly even across the, the piece yeah. but their goal kind of came out of not and if you would have, if you would have played yeah, the 10-15 minutes leading up to them scoring went yeah. right, okay, stop, what's the final result in this game? You wouldn't have found many people going, oh yeah, Napoli going win no. yeah. they look
3: knackered at all, Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah I thought so. Yeah, um, and obviously they got a boost after the goal which happens to everybody doesn't it? It, it was included but yeah, I thought we'd worn them out. You know, on their own pitch. And in fair place, I'm going... I mean, Ancelotti knows what he's doing. It's just the yeah. same. He, he wasn't 3 up at half-time. Maybe we could have come up with something mm-hmm. for that. But I think, um, yeah, they were out, they were, we, we played as well as we could. And on another day, one of the odd, odd shots here and there, or the, you know...
0: Or we'd have got the pen. Yeah, or whatever yes. it is. Yeah, whatever
3: it is. You know. So I don't. I think sometimes you know football's like that, isn't it? If you're playing against high quality teams who are trying to beat you, you know, and they, they'll they'll know they were in a game and they'll be euphoric over beating the the champions of Europe and they'll say we deserve that and whatever have you. But you're quite right. Just before. Well, 1 no, I thought they looked a bit leggy, and, mm. and we're great at that, aren't we? But obviously, the goal inspires them. It's a passionate crowd and everything. So, fair play to them. No complaints. You know, okay, I wasn't happy about the way the pen turned out, and every replay you watched made it worse of a decision. <laughs> <didn't it>? You <laughs> know, at first you sort of say, ooh, that could be one. Yeah. yeah. And then it's sort of like one one replay leads to another, and the next thing is it looks like, um, you know, a diving board he's gone off before <laughs> them. But it's, you know, no, no complaints. We're going to lose the odd game here and there, and, and, and against a quality team like that, we can have them back here. And
4: we yeah. will. Did my, uh, forget about the result. The one person I feel sorry for more than anyone else is the goalie, by the way, because he's really unlucky with the penalty. And yeah, just yeah, before right. the penalty, mm-hmm. he makes that save from That's the header, which will, yeah. which, oh, which, will, which, about, which is unreal. Yeah. And then obviously, they, if they don't go 1-0 up from the penalty, they then don't get the second. Yeah. Yeah. I think the story of the past few games actually is Adrian.
1: He's having right? a lovely time. He's he? having a boss? great
0: time. And like you know how before we had um, Alison Becker, like we all just used to feel like nervous about our goalkeeper. And, like, I don't feel nervous about him. Just Mm. amazing, really. When you think about, like, his career to date and, like, you know, brought in essentially, like, as as a proper reserve, probably with, you know, thinking, yeah, like, as if I'm going to. And actually he's played these big games and my yeah. goodness, he has come up with some serves. It's
2: almost some a bit serves. mad how some saves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <what'd you laughs> Brexit's broken my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: it's almost like it's it's a bit mad that someone who was brought in very much as a reserve can just what with days to go when it happens, when mm. he when yeah. he came in, can just Slot in and but he's got better, week by how, week how, yeah. And I know yeah. that's how it's done. You're not brought in as a you're never going to play, so don't don't be arsing yourself, don't be woody and <laughs> kind of thing. You know, you're, you're like, on
1: that a i have boots. Yeah. And,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think he sold his clothes by that track. He not had a him before, but um, yeah, it's it's mad that he not not one of us didn't go, oh, shit when that yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in game one, and that's just being really shut down. But him?
0: presumably, it's also to do with his life experience yeah. in the sense of he has played games under pressure. Yeah. yeah. And this might be a very different sort of pressure in the sense of the, the the level of the game, but actually the pure sense of pressure that you get in a team that, you know, desperately needs the points mm. for other reasons. Yeah. Dealing with that kind of pressure... It's the maturity of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. The, it does the same fundamental thing to you in terms of your ability to cope, particularly in the goalkeeping position. Yeah. Therefore
4: he just happens to be a person that can probably cope with this. Yeah. Do, you, do you not think it's, it's massive? I've, I've, I've always, I've got a long-held belief with competition in goal. I, don't, I think competition between goalkeepers is counterproductive and I think it's massive when your number two knows he's the number two and he's there to support the number one. Because it just takes away any edge or nerves off your number one who's in goal. Because I think Liverpool have suffered from that for a couple of seasons where you've got two keepers and no one's really quite sure who's who's the top dog. Hmm. And you've got a fella who's quite comfortable to come in and know, basically knows his position. Like, this is me. I am there to come in and fill in and support as opposed to, well, you know, if, if, if he has an if you want, I could make this, make this yeah. my own. Yeah. Because there's no hesitation. There's like a sereneness almost. Yeah. No, absolutely.
0: Him. Absolutely. And frankly, if he didn't play really any further major role in Liverpool season after today we'd all still think wow you put a shift in oh yeah and, yeah you know from the basis of what he's already done and mm-hmm. he must know that I think the the word serene is probably probably well placed in the sense of yeah there is literally no pressure on him he's had a career this yeah. is all extra this like, is ta- this
3: is time to enjoy it isn't it and yeah, he's got the yeah. experience and maturity for that and you know if he doesn't play many more games after this and if we do win the league He's played a, a, a part that, like, that would be, re- regular, yeah, and it, yeah. it will be recognised as such. It won't just be this token sub who was on the bench and didn't get a go in, and this will be no you were there, lads, I and mean, we could have been shaky, but he helped us out, and that that helps transmit itself forward into the rest of the team.
2: And I think it's good that he hasn't had the time to dwell on the fact that he's number two either. You know, he's just. He's, he's not just, sat on the bench for ages. It, you know, he's come in. He's been in. He's just done yeah.
1: it straight away, hasn't he? Yeah. So you know, it sounds his best, isn't it? Yeah, thrown in the deep yeah. end. Get ends. on with yeah. it. It's another thumbs up for the uh, recruitment team as well, isn't it, Alison? Yeah. Because I don't think many of us were suggested in the summer. I'll sell Simon McLean, get that Archie in who's just been released by West Ham. <laughs> Turns they, out
0: the professionals know more than us, John. What matters? I
1: mean, it will never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it mean, will never catch on. But but it's you know they they've. they've They've took a bit of a risk there. They? They've let a keeper go who, no matter what people think of him and, and what people think of Sam McGlynn, is very varied. I would say was you know someone who who played for Liverpool, who they knew what they were. They, they they got someone in who, as I say, had been let go by West Ham, albeit because it was what the what the keeper himself wanted. Um, Made themselves a few quid, but also got someone in who they've obviously spotted can can play in this Liverpool team. There's,
0: there's definitely a story there, isn't there? I mean, there's how? Yeah. <laughs> how did, no, no, it's not. Uh, it's how did how did how did that how, how did that conversation happen? How did they f- how did they figure that out? Um, yeah, you know, Milay had M- M- played at the top level, whatever we particularly thought of him, mm. or whatever mistakes he made, he had nonetheless proven himself to a certain extent at the top level. So how did they go from that to thinking, oh, this guy who's where was he training? Betis, you know, just like for fun, um, we'll have him and said, who knows? But it's uh, sometimes it's a bit of serendipity, I guess, and it's just yeah. worked
1: out. In terms of positives, Damian Ator, uh, Henderson play well in midfield, Very much. but I yeah. thought Fabino was excellent. He's ace, isn't he? He's absolutely a uh, the main man there, and that people call it the number six
3: role now, don't they? You know, you'd be picking the team now, and you'd say the goalie picks himself when he's back and the back four does with one exception, maybe with Gomez coming into it and the forward three pick each other and then we've got um, all kinds of options and riches and proven lads who can put a shift in and do different things. Well, that's kind of gone by the by now because we've got two places for that yeah. and the other one's Fabinho. He is fundamentally important to what we do and I really like the way that not just the way he tackles and he tackles fairly and cleanly in, a, in a, this day and age when it's difficult to, to be a hard tackler and a fair tackler. I love the way he's, he's just it's head up and the ball's quick going forward. He's not just doing, you know. A bit, people have been talking about Mascherano recently. Who just absolutely do it in, win that ball, yeah, and hope it bounced or give it to someone yeah. short. This like look is looking up, you know. And he's looking to go long. He's looking to go in behind the channels. He's got that Brody lovely clip past to oh, uh, yeah. Alexander Arnold anywhere. Yeah, where, yeah, uh, and yeah. Arnold knows it's coming because exactly, he like bolts, yeah, doesn't yeah. he? And that, that gives a dimension of the fact that what well, you know the true modern you know holding midfielder should be in it. And if you talk about what I'm holding. We played Arsenal the other week, didn't we? And he was like, he was holding. He wasn't holding on the edge of our area. He was holding on the um, the edge of the centre (laughs) circle in their half. Yeah, you know. And I thought that um, when we were playing, in you know. In, in in games in the past where we didn't have this hard man who, who was there, you know, it was, it was a real miss. He's grown into the role, but he, he's not the traditional type where you grow, you know, you're growing up and you think he's got to he's got to get a sense off a couple of times. He's got to, you know, shake a fist and whatever. Have it. He's just like an unassuming, cool dude there, and he, you know, he's, he's absolutely fundamental in anything that we do going forward. It's going to be with him.
1: Yeah, Damien's right, isn't Shavon? Yeah. In that we've all, we've said for a while, and like, we've got world class forwards. And then we added obviously Van Dyke and Allison, and we were yeah. all made up, so we're like, oh, we're, we've got a couple of world class lads at the back there. But the midfielders, they're all quite good, and we'll just move Whatever. them around, and yeah. we're fine Whereas now. It's like
2: anymore, now it? we've got
1: an absolute uh, little belter. He is,
2: and I think the, the, the way that Damien said before was when he said he was calm, like he's just absolutely calm. You, he, he throws his head in, throws his leg, in, you trust him not to balls it up. And he is really calm, and he, he his eye is on what he's doing next all the time. He like reads what what's going to happen next, the past before the past. If you you know so use a, a cliche, but yeah, um, he's he's a proper pleasure to watch, and his missus is a proper pleasure to watch on Twitter because she's his biggest fan, and I love
1: her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you
2: see her like, tweet mid game, going
1: <laughs> like <laughs> Get off my vet!
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm with him! <laughs> <laughs> no, I have missed out on the.
2: Oh,
1: I have. She desires, honestly. It's not, it's not my, my thing now. Yeah. Okay. She ups the reds. She like, really yeah. ups the reds. She's like, this is brilliant. I made them. She has me, kisses out here. from
2: that shop as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she is kissing right really? out. I like how
1: she gets a dizzy, like. <laughs>
2: you know yeah, I
3: mean?
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. He's, um, yeah,
1: he's got a little car gets twenty percent off.
4: He's got a banger in him as well. You know. You think? It, no, I've seen it. Is it footballing now or like DJ? No, he, he can dig it. No, he yeah, <laughs> he's not yeah. you, John. Oh no, well. He is. When, when he hits, when he smacks one in from above thirty yards, it's gonna go off this season. And it'll be in a big game and it'll come from nowhere because no one's expecting it. But yeah, he's he's got. Remember a, this he, moment. He's got a yeah. banger. He's got a banger. Time in him You
2: just got everyone that's yeah.
4: excited yeah. with that. I know, like an added little bonus. We love
2: for It
1: now.
2: Sunday? There we
1: Possibly. go. There you go. So we're on no points, but we're still in a good position, I think, Andy. Well, I mean, not a great position, but we're still in, we're still fine in terms of qualification. You know, I think Salzburg surprised people a little bit, uh, scoring six goals. So maybe look like they're going to be a little bit more lively than we were expecting, or or, or did the Belgian team just a bit worse.
4: No, I I, I think I think we'll be fine. Um, there's been a couple of mad results. Suddenly, you? you'd always get them in like the first round. I think Red. What happened in Red Star? Will come back and it, well, I mean, no one liked getting def- getting beaten in Red and especially the manner of it. But I think we we stepped off in that game. We just expected yeah. to cruise it, yeah. and I think that that will put us in good stead for the two away games, which we should win if we're being honest. Yeah, mm. um, and then you win your three home games. Uh, I mean, look, if you win your three home games and one of the two away against and Salzburg, you've qualified. So if we to look at it that like that. I mean, ideally, the the only the only setback to losing at Napoli, and not getting the victory, is that. You've, you've kind of extended the game day when you qualify because in an ideal world you qualify as soon as possible and then yeah week
1: four get it done you yeah, get,
4: it, get it done and then you've kind of especially when it's the facility starts getting congested you can then go alright yeah we are going to give you this rest we're going to give you the uh, the week off or you never know you never know um he didn't have an obvious
1: kind of forward option on the bench with Saviji. Uh, Allison, obviously, a little bit reluctant at the moment to use Brewster. Is that a slight negative? Do you think? Do you worry a bit, or do you think further down the line when Brewster's had a couple of games, he'll become an option for us?
0: Yeah, and it, and it's it's these are big games, aren't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that the 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 forward uh, the forwards and in, in terms of the rotation there, I think that's where we're like clearly the least like the least steady in the sense of like when Origi comes in and when he doesn't, or whatever, is is a problem. We've got Rian Brewster, who everybody reckons is really good, but not yet ready. So how does that work? The whole, the three work so brilliantly and play in such specific ways with each other. Actually, it's a massive risk putting anyone else in there, particularly for any mm-hmm. period of time. You know, the, the, there are definitely options there, but I guess where I would like to see it develop is... A better under a better understanding in the the possible options between those players. Like I think there's been a lot of conversation about the relationship, obviously, between Salah and Mane, but actually it's it's more complicated than that because people have got to be able to slot in and out. So it's not just about what those two are doing with each other. It's about what those two are doing with other people that fit in and out of that because they are going to need a rest. Mm. Like I think the you know the the. And what if one of them does get injured, which is the other problem we've got mm-hmm. and we need options there. Um so if you're gonna think about where the development goes, I would say it is really there. And hope you know, trusting the professionals that we've got, as we've already said, have, who've yeah, done a
1: brilliant those job.
0: Picks. You think they probably you I would think they prob that's there, they've got a plan for that development. Do you think so that we've got a bit more solidity about what happens as and when.
1: I, do, I mean I guess the plan will be Damien that he starts MK Don's Brewster uh, oh, yeah. and then you, you look to get him minutes when we're 2-0 up and the pressure's yeah. off rather than throwing him into Napoli, which is yeah. an intimidating atmosphere when we need a goal. You know, mm. it's, it's almost not fair to throw a kid on in that in that regard, is it? It's a case of mm. you will get your games, you will get your chance to prove yourself, but not necessarily in that one. Well, Jürgen's, um is isn't shy of taking his time and bringing whoever it is in. You know, you look at Robertson and, and, and
3: Fabinho, we've just been talking about, I'll get the best out of the money that fully yeah, Fabinho was in Fabinho wasn't in the squad this time. Exactly, happens. yeah. So there's that aspect to it. Um Brewster doesn't seem to be like any shrinking virus. Um, he's currently the best forward I've never seen, to be honest with
5: you.
3: <laughs> uh, because everyone's made up with him, aren't they? You yeah. know, and, and his contemporaries. So I don't know I don't know when if it's, it's the classic, isn't it? Yeah, Milton Keynes, yeah, get him in there. Make to a goal or two up against here and there and he can afford to miss one and, uh, and afford to integrate himself. Yeah, so I, I'm sure that's nailed on to be happening. And Napoli wasn't just the time or the place for that. But you never know, do you? If you just, it, 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 it was because it was so late... Um, and because the game plan had gone so well, yeah, that it, you know it, it really it wouldn't. But he didn't even he, he just he wasn't even um, considered, was he, for the game? And so the lack of of, of that option is a concern, you know, because you're only in, it's not one injury away, but it's two injuries away from being in, in a difficult position. At Man City are currently finding out a centre back, you know. So it's shame, great, it? It, Yeah, it's, it's a crying shame, isn't it? <laughs> but you know, I, I'm sure Liverpool and like, the fitness levels and the, and the, the the level at which those um, three lads don't get injured and how reliable they've proven to be is great. And I've certainly got a lot of confidence about that, but there will be times when we need something. And if it's a high-profile game, when one goal will make all the difference. Yeah, and it is a concern. It's a slight concern. I'm not panicking, but, it, you know, if a Rigi is, is a great option, I think. His best position is sub. Yeah, as an impact yeah. coming on. Give us a bit of pace, a bit of direct, bit of something. You've just been trying to work something out for 70 minutes, and you're just going to throw something completely different on at you. Who's quick and, yeah. and who is direct. So I just hope Brewster is is that sort of player, and all the points seem to be.
4: Sorry, Ali, come. On. No, I was just
0: I was just gonna say like, it. All of the brilliant like dietitians and fitness experts and sleep experts in the world can't stop some opposite team yeah. desperately just trying to you know put their leg through one yeah. of our mm-hmm. brilliant players up front, can they? And no. that is that is that would be my worry mm. at this point is like what if we have another situation? What if we have another Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain? And it happens to be one of those three. Like, we've got a... And I'm sure I have, you know, true faith in the genius behind the scenes at Liverpool Football Club at the moment that they've got a plan for it. And maybe maybe, maybe it is Rhian Brewster and we shall see. Yeah. I
2: think it's probably one of those that right now it seems like a concern or a negative in retrospect. Because hindsight's a great thing, but probably weren't saying it beforehand because they play. You know, one of the best 11 and got beaten and that's that isn't it so it just looks negative now Um, with that game in isolation obviously those awful situations that you all described Alison please don't do that again <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I keep my thoughts <laughs>
6: to
1: myself Alison <laughs> a government great, paper on the worst case scenario <laughs> I, know,
2: yeah. um, I think that for that particular game there was just like a, like a concern in hindsight because it didn't quite go to plan
1: this was, that I was know. good, wasn't it? I tell you what, I thought we were just getting a Napoli chat and there we are, we got Deep and Heavy on you. Um, coming up, we've got your boy Andy Heaton uh, talking to Tony Evans and then we've got a Chelsea preview and then i will be back in the studio with us focusing on Chelsea. Uh, yeah, stick with us, up to the heads.
4: And we're now joined by football writer Tony Evans who wrote a fantastic and interesting piece uh, for the Independent this week on um, basically football in Ireland, the Northern Ireland and the curious case of uh, what's going on currently in London, Derry. Uh, I mean, Tony. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's um, came out a bit out of left field, but it's it's one of the most fascinating articles that I've read for, for a long, long time. How did How did you even stumble? Acro- how did you stumble ac- across it?
6: Well, I was in um, I was in Derry doing a piece on um, on the new IRA after Lyra Lyra McKay was um was killed on the Craig estate, and um I, I was sort of i was there talking to everyone talking to um obviously people on the craig and um various people connected with with all sides down in the the, the loyalist area talk to people there and i, I was there over a friday night in derry city we home so what do you do whenever you're in t- a town where there's a football match on you go to match and um And it was a fantastic experience. All the people from um Derry City were wonderful and lovely and they you know it's it's sort of um uh, you have to go through the bog side to get there so it 's obviously in a nationalist area with um you know sort of with all around sort of the symbols of republicanism, you know sturdy plows tricklers and that you know and um and if you go to the fountain, which is the um the 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 unionist loyalist state that's it you know it's uh, it's all painted cabs, red, white, and blue, and union Jack. so you know it's a it, it is a divided place but I uh, went to Brandywell and found out that you know they made they make real huge attempts to um to, to have no sectarian symbols of any sort in the ground. you know the um, nationalist symbolisms banned there, and then like they were saying that institute, which are the um, uh, uh, the Irish League club, which is the North, Northern Irish League. Uh, their ground got flooded and they played brandy well as well and so that, you know, I was going to say just,
4: just, just to put this, this into context those that might not be familiar Londonderry or Derry is the only city that's got two football teams that play in the highest divisions in two different countries leagues wasn't yeah. that clear at the, at the start sorry go on
6: well definitely um, uh, Derry City are in um, in Ireland's league so you know which is ba- based in Dublin and and um, an institute are in the Northern Irish League which is based in Belfast and Derry City used to be in the, the, the Irish League the one that's based in Belfast but they were effectively thrown out of it in the 70s because they're, they're a capital club and it's a predominantly uh, it's a predominantly Protestant league and they, a lot of the teams there and the supporters felt unsafe going to Brandywell during the Troubles uh, but that's all changed now an institute and the supporters uh, go there all the time and supporters of other irish league clubs and there hasn't been any trouble at all um so you've got these two Two, two clubs playing in the top flights of two different countries from different traditions, Catholic and Protestant, Unionist and Republican, and um, and yet it's it's all working beautifully at the moment, and and it, it's it's really surprising because you'd think um, you know the Bogside and um, and Brandywell the area that's adjacent to it being nationalist there'd be really uh, you know sort of places that you'd be afraid to go to and not very welcoming to someone you know from the mainland but uh, it's absolutely a brilliant place to go and advise anyone to do it and you know you can get a double edit there because Derry city often play on sat friday nights and institute play on saturday wasn't it last week when they both played on the same day yeah well this was the first and this is what made it truly remarkable is that Derry city were in the irish league cup final and they were playing Dundalk on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock. An institute had a game schedule there to kick off at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So they went ahead and they played two games, because it's a, it's a 3G pitch there. So they played the two games in the in the course of a day. And, I mean, I think it's just, it, it's without precedence. Two teams from two different leagues, two different countries, playing a match in the same stadium on the same day. I'd, I'd never heard of anything like it, so it's um i i i think it was it's a fantastic thing and while you know it would be going too far to say that football is breaking down the divides it's Derry it's helping to and and, and Derry city in particular are a club that produces it's got they've got a great youth system they produce a lot of good players and they're, they're very keen to reach out beyond the nationalist Catholic community and into the Protestant Unionist community to get players there. And, I mean, they, they don't care what your politics or what your religion is. If you're a player, get on the pitch and play.
4: Yeah, I mean, you spoke to, to Billy Scampton in the piece, who's responsible for the security at the stadium. Um, and he said towards the interview, which tends tend to agree with the kind of way you are, is a football. basically said that a football club is the beaten heart of, of, of a city. And that kind of language we hear all the time in in the, in the Premier League, and you know it can be overused a little bit. But in this sense, you know it, it's absolutely genuine, um, and it can be, as you said, it, it it can be used as a potential force for for positivity.
6: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's Billy's. Billy's a real character, you know, um, around um, around Jerry, and a fantastic fella. And he's absolutely committed. You know, he's got he's he's got a degree in um, in crowd safety. I mean, he sort of went to university and studied it. And he's um, he's very proud of Derry City and the work they do and the work they do within the community and and, and also the work they've done with institutes. And they're very keen to get people from different traditions into the ground and to show them that, you know, just, actually everyone's the same, you know. It's uh, and, 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 and football's brilliant for doing that. I mean, again, it's one of the things where, I was thinking about it because I've written quite a number of pieces, uh, political pieces, about um, Northern Ireland in the last year. And you go over there, I've been to Newry, I've been to Derry, and I've been to Belfast. And I've talked to people from all the communities. I've talked to uh, people, who are frankly, Republican and Loyalist terrorists. And one of the things that's got, got me into there, and I think it's got me into places that perhaps... You know, the, the, and you know, sort of journalists who actually dedicated to that beat um, don't get in so easily. Is, that, is football, because the first question, like everyone asked me, especially, you know, sort of in the spring when I was over there, you know, a few times, the first question everyone was asked me, are Liverpool going to win the league? <laughs> you know, it's, um, and, and you talk football for five or six minutes before you get into the ten minutes, you know, before you get into the, the, the politics and, and what's going on there. Football really breaks down barriers. Is it? It it's, it's, it's sounds awesome. right, but it does, it does.
4: Is it kind of like I mean? It sounds not not to be tried, but it's it's kind of like when we used to go round to to meet hands for Sunday dinner and all the family would get together, and I'd be like, right, no pot. It's almost like the no football, no politics, but just with the the no politics side of it, where you just get on with it for the for the, for, the, for the for the for the however long it is.
6: Yeah, you know, it's um, the, the one thing everyone's interested in, and and a massive commonality is football. You know, so I mean, it's it's and and if if people can get on the same side over football, they can get on the same side over anything ultimately. And, and as I say in Derry City the way they're doing uh, you know to, to try and break down the barriers is absolutely fantastic I'd advise anyone from anywhere to get over there I mean especially if you play during the summer when you know the, the, there's no the, the, there's no football over here you know that you can go to you can go over to Derry it's a, it's a brilliant city it's um, a re- really friendly city and a Friday night at Brandywell is, it's fantastic so-, so you go in the bar there I went in the bar and the bar is like sort of got a glass Top on it, and on, on, under the glass, they've got like pitches and Sabuțio players. So the, you know the attention to detail to make it like sort of you know football and all that. And I went in the bar there, and I I, I could hardly get up for the second half, and I couldn't buy a drink. Everyone was there wanting to talk football, and you know sort of they, 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 it's one of those places where the stewards, when they see someone they don't know. They're like, oh, what, what are you doing? What, what are you coming
4: here
6: for? You know, like, come on, come on,
4: come on, go and get and have a drink. It's one of the friendliest places I've ever been to. So, I mean, just reading through it, and I know that, that with Derry City, that especially, they, they very much, well, not market themselves, but the message is that they are apolitical. Does it not strike you, though, Tony, if this can be managed with, and I don't know whether it's how hard they police it or whether it's kind of soft touch or how they even manage to deal with this kind of thing, but does it not in context when you look at some of the stuff that kicks off closer to home over over minor things, does it not put that kind of into a context of how ridiculous we can we, we get wound up over here when you look at the situation over there, I say situation like it's a bad thing, but how they manage something that is actually genuinely life-affecting and so big in the history of both countries, and they manage to get away with it with, with, with very little fuss?
6: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and 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 they do very sensibly, you know, the police service in Northern Ireland, you know, are obviously not going to go to Brandywell and make the presence, you know, seen, you know, sort of, um, you know, they stay well away. They let billionaires and his, his his people handle any problems, which which they do pretty easily, and uh, and say, and it, it, it's very much a community club, so you you don't. Get that sort of thing happening, you know. It's um, uh, uh, you know the, the, the away fans, uh, all from the, the Republic of Ireland, uh, playing in the you know sort of in, in, in their league. So you don't get you know you, you don't get the sectarian element there. But again, when um, I mean uh, Billy was talking about last week, um, you know the, the the team they were playing, they uh, banned from their area came to Derry for the apprentice boys parade wearing the parachute regiment's paraphernalia which is very pr- provocative because you know, sort of uh, a bloody Sunday. the, uh, the parachute regiment were uh, involved in that um, in Terry. Uh, but again, there wasn't a sniff of trouble there. You know, they, they go to a, a they go to great lengths to talk to the the uh, institute rivals from the Irish League and to make sure that everyone's on board, everyone's on to get, together, and everyone keeps the potential for trouble to a minimum. And it really is, it, it, it's a masterpiece of cooperation. Is there an element of, I mean, if you could distill it all down, because
4: we, we're already running over, if you could distill it all down, would you say that there's an element of it being, I mean, we have leaders involved, uh, Billy Scampton, as you said, but is it very much self-policing? And what do you think, is there anything you can take from from the your experience that maybe we should, could learn lessons from over here, both in football and, and in the wider context?
6: Yeah, I think it's, you know, one, I think you, if you give people the opportunity to, to behave well, and trust them, and make it clear where the boundaries are. the vast majority of people will will adhere to that and will behave themselves and I think the the, the lesson too often football police and football is too heavy handed, stewards and football are too heavy handed. Uh, you know, at, at what's going on in Derry City is the opposite. It's completely and utterly welcoming. Um, you know, they they, they, they try to do things with the minimum of fuss and they try to make sure everyone's having a good time. And you know, sort of football brings people together and football's having about having a good time. And never was there a better example of it than there.
4: Yeah, brilliant, that Tony. And as I said earlier in the, in the uh, earlier in the show, that article is, is online at the Independent. Give it a read, and um, yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, especially in the context of what's going on in the wider political sphere in the UK. Tony, thanks very much.
7: Yeah, thanks. Glad to be joined by Liam Toomey, the Chelsea writer for the Athletic. Uh, Liam, I think a few people coming into the season at Chelsea believed that it was going to be an exciting season. I think a few people saw it as something of a of a free hit for Frank Lampard and and to be fair they're they're paying dividends on the excitement end of things.
5: Yeah, I don't think I don't think Chelsea would will be involved in any dull games this season. Um <laughs> it's been it's been pretty mad. They haven't really had um control of any match for, for ninety minutes. They've they've had good spells. They've had good spells going forward and they've had good spells where they've um where they've, they've seen generally in control at both ends, but they haven't been able to sustain it. And I think you've seen Lampard you know, experimenting with different systems, different combinations of players, because he's still getting to know this squad and still trying to, to find out what works best. And the, the fact that there have been some key players injured early in the season really hasn't helped him either. So Chelsea's still very much a, a work in progress and I think a team that are still searching for their identity.
7: And you mentioned about those key players. It's, it's, it's interesting that a few of the more experienced players haven't been the ones who've necessarily stood out this season. It's actually been a few of those those younger players who've come in. And obviously, Tammy Abraham's been one of them, being the top scorer this season with with seven goals. How important has his influence been on the team because, you know, we saw at the start of the season maybe, you know, if you look at the United game and, and when he comes on in the Super Cup game against Liverpool, there was maybe a bit of frustration there around him, but since then he's he's really kicked on and, and looks like he's loving life at Chelsea now.
5: I think um Abraham's been a huge boost. Um not least for Chelsea fans who, like you say, kinda kinda need something to cling on to in what is clearly a transition season. The fact that Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount for Keo Tamori are, are showing such good signs is um, is something that's really locked in the fan base that we're already kind of invested in the in the Lampard project. But Abraham in particular is probably the most intriguing project um, that Lampard has um, because he he's such a rough diamond in so many ways. He he's always been a record breaking goal scorer throughout Chelsea's academy, proved himself as a really really good goal scorer in the championship. Um, But his only Premier League experience had been in a a Swansea team that that really wasn't set up to create for him. So the jury was very much going out, well, out going into this season, Um, particularly when it came to the other parts of his game, like linking play, holding, holding things up, bringing the rest of the team in as a lone striker. Um, and I think that's what Lampard and his staff have really focused on with, with Abraham in the opening weeks of this season, trying to round out his game a little bit. And I think you've seen from the moment he got those goals against Norwich, his confidence has just skyrocketed and, and you're beginning to see what, what, what his potential is and what he can do now. He's not, he got seven goals in three games. That's not the scoring rate he's going <laughs> to average for the rest of the season. But, um, there, there will be ups and downs, but he's he's already done enough to show that I think he belongs at Premier League level, and he's he's potentially a very big talent, and Chelsea fans are right to be excited about him.
7: And you mentioned Mason Mount as a, as another name there, someone who's who's starting to you know increase his influence on this and Chelsea side, and it's been interesting sort of seeing the reaction to the fact that he he's a doubt for Sunday. I know I know they've said over the last sort of <clears throat> 48 hours that he's going to be assessed before the game, and and has maybe handed Chelsea a little bit of a boost, but. How big a miss would he be? Because it, it does seem like, you know, from a creative sense, he in particular is, is really standing out for Chelsea this season.
5: Yeah, Mount would be a huge miss. And uh, as far as I understand it, I think he he would be very unlikely to play against Liverpool because even though there is no ligament damage, um, it, it was a nasty challenge. He He did have some swelling on his ankle and it just takes a few days. Uh, at least, for, for the ankle to get back to normal, where, to a position where he can train normally again. He was running in a hydrotherapy pool um, at Cobham on, on Wednesday, so he's not even running normally at the moment. Um, but he, he's been really, really important for Chelsea early in this season. You can see that him and Fikeo Tomori in particular have that comfort level with Lampard, where they've worked with him for a season. They know what he wants from them, and they have that confidence that they're going to be put into into positions where they can succeed. But I think Mount's probably been the most impressive young player for Chelsea this season because he's shown that even aside from his goals, which have been very impressive, and, and his creation in the final third, he's got lots of different ways to influence games. And he, his energy leading the press, um, his, his enthusiasm to try and carry out what Lampard wants done on the pitch, I think has been just as important and just as it just as valued as his his sort of frontline stats. And, and that's why he'll be a huge miss for Chelsea because the the players that they have to replace him, of course, they do have experienced internationals, Ross Barkley, Christian Pulisic, Pedro, but none of them have been entirely convinced um, since, since pre-season ended and, and the sort of meaningful football mattered. So I think that that's a big question mark hanging over Chelsea ahead of this Liverpool game is, is who comes in for him and, and how does that change the balance of Chelsea's attack?
7: And one of the things that stands out among those few lads you've mentioned there with with throwing Tamori into the mix of, of the last two we've talked about is, is there seems to be a real unity between them because they've all waited so long to get this chance at Chelsea and now Frank Lampard's coming in and is willing to give them that chance. And I think it's it sort of showed the other night in the Valencia game with, with, with Barclays penalty situation that there's maybe a few cracks there with a few of the older players and maybe a few dressing room issues perhaps that, that Lampard has to sort out in this Chelsea side.
5: Well I think there's a there's a little bit of a leadership issue at Chelsea there aren't a ton of really strong personalities and I think Antonio Rudiger has been has been missed a little bit in that regard because while he's not the, one of the oldest players in the squad he's younger than you think um he is getting to a stage where he's one of the more senior players and and he's got that kind of forceful personality um where he is he is looked up to and respected by, by most of the young guys in that dressing room. But it is, I think, a big boost to all of those young guys individually that they are coming through together. Tamori right. and Abraham have played together since the age of seven. Um, they've played with Mount for, I think, more than a decade at this point. Uh, so those guys have, have a natural, easy chemistry. Obviously, hudson Adoy is a couple of years younger, but has actually maybe a little bit more established in the squad after what he did last year. You've got Loftus-Cheek, you've got Reese James. I think it's it, it's a lot easier for these guys to settle, to feel confident day-to-day around Cobham um and to, and to and to kind of have that culture where they're just focused on improvement rather than being intimidated by some of the more senior guys because there is there is sort of strength in numbers and um that that I think is what's most exciting for a lot of Chelsea fans at the moment is that there's not one or two young guys to get excited about there seems to be a youth movement under Lampard and, and under Lampard and Morris the, the door is well and truly open if if they, their training and their performances merit playing
7: And you mentioned about the sort of switching in systems that, that Lampard has been going through trying to find the right one and they've obviously switched to three at the back for for the last two games against Wolves and Valencia do you think that's that's Maybe the key to Chelsea being a more defensively solid side because you look back to the, the sides under Antonio Conte and and how he used to play and he had, he had Chelsea you know really defensively solid and it, and it maybe lost that when Sarri reverted to to four at the back. Do you think that's almost Lampard reverting to to what a few of these Chelsea players will will know best, or do you think that's a system which could genuinely work and and, and of course stop a side like Liverpool who are so you know so good attacking?
5: Yeah, I think the the switch to three at the back. Um, was more of a direct adjustment to the way Wolves played um, because obviously Chelsea fans are, are very acquainted with, with a wing-back system from the Conte days. But nowadays, I think Wolves are slightly unconventional in the Premier League with the way that they set up. So Lampard really really set up to try and nullify them, their biggest strengths. And then because it did work, at least for the first half an hour of that game, um, Chelsea were were more solid in defence than they had been all season. I think he saw enough in that time, particularly when Rudiger was on the pitch, to to merit sticking with it against Valencia. And even though uh, they ended up losing that game uh, because they made a couple of silly mistakes from set pieces, they only gave up two shots. And so I I, I think Lampard has seen enough of what he was looking for with the three at the back system. Um, to, to, to merit continuing with it against a, particularly a team with Liverpool's attacking firepower because what he's looking for is is the balance between defence and attack. And that was a key reason why Conte ended up switching switching there as well. And there's no denying that while there has been quite a lot of turnover in this Chelsea squad since Conte left, um, there are still some players who are far more comfortable in that system, most notably Marcus Alonso. Now, we don't know if he'll play against Liverpool because... I think Emerson is nearing fitness again um, but he is certainly someone who who looks far, far more comfortable as a wing-back than, than as a full-back and, and if Chelsea were to set up in the back four against Liverpool, I think Salah versus Alonso is one that, that that Chelsea fans would be very, very worried about. And we saw quite an open
7: game in in that Super Cup final in the season. I suppose you could look at that as, as almost a dress rehearsal for this albeit I think that the teams will be different. Do you expect it to be a similarly open game this time round?
5: Well, I think that that was a, an interesting game because it was certainly one that both teams took seriously. But it, it kind of belongs in a context all of its own. It was it was midweek. It was it was in all the way in Istanbul, and I think uh, I think it affected both teams' performances. The fact that it wasn't a, a Premier League game, it was an entirely different context, and they could maybe try a few extra things. Lampard certainly mixed his team up. Um, I, I I see Chelsea trying to be a little bit more building on what they've done, I think, in the last two games, performance-wise. I, I would be surprised if they went away from the back three. Um, unless Angolo Kante is back, maybe that gives you the option to to go back to to a 4 or 4-3-3 because Kante was a, a huge reason why Chelsea were able to stay competitive with Liverpool in that game. Um, and, and he's just a huge reason why Chelsea are able to stay competitive generally um, so I think a lot depends on it depends on the personnel that Lampard has available. But I I don't necessarily see the same the same sort of game panning out. Although I'm sure Liverpool, as ever, will will, will set up to to really take the game to Chelsea and and they'll believe that they've got the the firepower to take them out.
7: Yeah, I think we're in for another uh, massively exciting game. Liam, thanks very much for your time. We'll hand you back to uh, John in the studio now.
1: And we're back in the studio now, and it is John Gibbons, and I'm still joined uh, by Siobhan, and by Andy Heaton, and by Alison, and by Damien, and we're going to talk about Chelsea now. We're going to look ahead to Chelsea, and does this become a bigger game? Do you think, Andy, or was it always big? Because every game's big because we're going for the league title, and it's still September.
4: Oh, somewhere in between, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is my fault now, uh, isn't it? Hey,
1: this Cush is my fault.
4: <laughs> no, I think it's it, it's always been massive. It's always been the one when you look at your opening fixtures, right? like we've had Arsenal. And we know Chelsea are in a bit, of a, a bit of a flux at the minute, but at the same time, they played some bloody good football already. Uh, I think it's a massive challenge. And I think, again, it's a, it's a massive opportunity. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the opportunity to lay down another mm-hmm. marker. I think psychologically, if we can get a, get a result at Chelsea, it could be massive, massive for us, and also massive for uh, those uh, scamps down the 62, because um, it just sent a message that Liverpool are not going to let up. Yeah, it's it, it'd be
1: a great one to win, won't in, in terms of we all like winning football matches, but also, you know, it's our toughest one yet. It's the one where uh, the scamps down the 62, as Andy calls, that we'll be looking and hoping for a bit of a, a, a you know, a, Drop point situation. It's one that we drew last season. We needed a, a late Daniel Sturridge goal. Obviously, we don't have him this time, but but to to kind of get us a point. So if you can if you can win this game, then you've improved on the result last season. But also, it does it does, as Andy say, kind of you know, reinforce this message that this Liverpool side needs business.
0: That's right, especially as um, Chelsea are currently experiencing a bit of a Frank bounce, you might say. <laughs> um, that you know they seem to have uh, really picked themselves up. Um, from what looked like a bit of a negative trajectory, and now like I think there's a bit know, of a feel they around there. Clearly, the, the f- fans yeah. are happy, right? Like, um, it, it, per- personally speaking, I always think like going backwards is a bit of a mistake. I think it's something that that football fans really love to do. Like, oh, if only we could have what we had before the old it'll days. All be fine mm. in the old days, <laughs> but like, but but that said, objectively, he is doing quite well, and and they've got like their you know new youngsters and mason mount and all that kind of playing really well they do look like a a better side albeit with constraints you know you sort of think maybe all of the like positivity will tail off in a bit but at the moment they're like they're going for it so if we could win, it would be a very, very significant victory indeed.
1: They give us a good game in the Super Cup, and it's a hard one yeah. to, to analyse, as an opinion, because yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a strange game. It's obviously over, over in Turkey, but they, they give us a real good game there. Obviously, goes to penalties in the end, mm-hmm. but they'll feel certainly at times that they were the better side on the night. They will, which will give them confidence. And
3: we we're talking kick up the arse before, weren't we? So Liverpool think, ah, they're not quite as good Chelsea as they were previously. They'll be sharpened up the players on this because they'll know how close that game was. Yeah. You know. This will be a real statement if we go down there and bang them, and I think we will. I That's think we will. I think on the back of the fact that we played them in the Super Cup, I think Chelsea have got a good team. Lampard might um, have a good career in management. It's still in its early days. You know, uh, they've been exposed a couple of times. They, they might. The fact that they they might be confident as well, having beaten Wolves in the way that they did and scored a few goals. I, I just think that it could be another another cracking game. Quite frankly, it could be, like, probably will look very like the game that we played there last year and that really could have gone either way because we yeah. did well and then they were, they were on top and it was moving around so if it's that type of game I'd fancy us and if they want to keep it tight I'd fancy us because I do think we are a machine and I think we can just get ourselves focused. And I think the mentality of the players has, has proven to be it. No, I mean, I've never seen Last season, we were in a title race from the day before the season started. I've never seen that. <laughs> and it was, you know, and I, I remember, you know, Man City like, they drew on the opening day and everyone was like, my God, this could be it with 37 games to go. But the, the team has proved and the management and the crowd staying with it has proved that it's mature enough to address it. And it really has to focus in and say, like, blinkers on like the fences at the Grand National just this fence and I think if we treat it like that I think we'll do very well down there I think we can win each, um, by a definitely a clear margin decisively
4: I think um, for me the, the focus and it wouldn't surprise me if there's been conversations around this we haven't kept a, a clean sheet uh, in the league this season if I'm not mistaken is that right? did we? Barely. Mainly, all right. Well, there you go. There's my point. Out the winner. There you go. You oh, can make it anyway. Um, no, but I'm just, <laughs> yeah, just hmm. double down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we definitely haven't. No, but Chelsea. It's the
0: exception that proves the rule. Yeah, exactly. there you go.
4: But Chelsea being conceding goals at a rate of knots, they yeah. conceded threes and twos yeah. and yeah. all that. kind of stuff. That's encouraging, it. isn't it? I just think it's one of those games where where you do, the message is right. If you keep a clean sheet, we're, we're more likely going to go and we win. Get chances. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I think it may, maybe if the game with that focus, as opposed to. Trying to fight fire with fire, so to speak, because yeah. that's what they they will come on here and they will leave gaps, and if they keep a clean sheet, I'm more than we will get a result on them.
1: They bounced back well last season as well, Siobhan, and there wasn't yeah. many setbacks last season. No. Um, but but when they did they, they, they come uh, Liverpool are generally come back stronger.
2: Yeah, I think last year it, it felt more balanced last year for some reason. Obviously, it's nice not to have to play hazards anymore, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but that's massive. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's massive. Is you know, yeah. yeah. always great. I think yeah. that it yeah. felt like. I think Chelsea was still in it at that stage as well. It felt was, like yeah. us with
0: Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. They felt like Chelsea with Eden Hazard. So I think
2: I've no doubt that, that it's going to go well on Sunday. I've said since the beginning, and I might have said it quietly, I don't know, just in case it was going to end I up. Doubt
1: running. it with you. All right. <laughs>
2: I'll go back and listen back. But um, I always thought that, that Chelsea would do better than, than what people thought they would. They've had. They've had a really weird start in the, you know, they got that that beaten by United that was in, in no way a reflection it's of a game whatsoever. Game, yeah. um, despite what my dad says, and um, they, they've had really odd games since then, haven't they? Like really, really odd ones where you know the Norwich game mm. that was absolute bedlam, you know, then then the the Wolves game even still, then even even when they, I mean, they score five.
1: It was five two and yeah. they still yeah. looked a bit yeah. crap yeah.
2: sometimes, yeah. didn't they? So mm. they just got that in them, I think. Did Bounce get injured the other night? He did,
1: yeah, yeah. So or, the, how is he? We don't know. A, a time of recording, okay. unsure. Checking, we checking. I mean, Kante's that. a big one for them yeah. as well. He's yeah. not played obviously the last four games. He was he was excellent in that Super Cup game, wasn't he? Boss played him. Yeah,
2: just feels like Wayloads like the the balance. We are tipping the balance our way this season, whereas it felt really, really on the on a knife edge this time last year because Chelsea was still good at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, Chelsea would. You know, won a lot of games as, as well at the start of the season. Yeah. So, so we shall see. Should we pick a team together? Uh, then we'll send it off to Jürgen to see what he thinks. Um I presume everyone's picking the back five. Is anyone doing any f- fun games? I'd stick with it. Okay. Um,
2: special mention for Trent the other night, by the way. In that he, I think he gets a bit of stick sometimes for being too focused on his role going forward and not enough on his defensive role. And I thought he was boss sticking the eye legging on, on him <laughs> on Tuesday. To- Prevent things bad things from
1: happening, yeah. So we're picking the back five, I presume. We're picking the front three, Yep. yeah. And then we're picking the best defensive midfielder in the world, yeah. We yeah, are. So there's only, How many t- left? There's only two. That mm. well, was this is going to be quick. I'm gonna have to think of something else to do in this show. Uh, um, Van Alden,
4: Van Alden, yeah. yeah, will,
1: yeah.
4: And then, and
1: I think it's Jordan, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. won't I be yeah. tempted to go Chamberlain.
4: No. no 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 i think god loves not me to, he looked knackered against
2: newcastle didn't he a little bit
0: got keep, tired got to keep giving him minutes yeah got to keep getting him on there got to keep like he is improving bit by bit but 16 months is a long yeah. time yeah and this is a big game and i think the, the bigger the game, the microscope to be on him the worse it's going
2: to be for him if it's not great which it's allowed to not be great for a little while it's absolutely fine for it not to be yeah. great for a while but it and looks bad in a big
0: game. i am a big alex Huxley chamberlain believer but not this not I
3: just think of it in, more in terms of what a great impact this lad could make in the last twenty minutes. You know, yeah. if, get, if the game's yeah. frantic and it's going backwards and forwards, well, yeah. this lad's going to come on and score a goal. Or if if it's tactically where they're cancelling each other out and you're looking for someone to pick mm-hmm. it, this lad comes on with twenty minutes to go, something like that. He's got long enough to make an impact, and he's a, he's a he's a player. That if if he was playing against us, I'd be like, oh no. Yeah. Something I, could come off of here. I think at there, this yeah. point in time, that's his best position for us at the moment.
4: I, I, I just think he picked the line up where there's no question marks. That yeah. is to say, it looks isn't good enough, but th- there's a whole coming back from injury and his yeah, full yeah. pelt. And I know it's such an area, but for me, it's just a huge opportunity to reinforce, to the, not just Man City, to the rest of the league, mm. the way to cuts above. Because you, if you get into that mentality, we all seen the gap between us, City, and the rest last year. And if you can just reinforce that and it gets into other teams' heads and we can make a statement of that, I think it could be. We could look back on this Chelsea game if it goes the way we hope it go as a really important step.
1: You'd imagine that, that with Jordan Henderson obviously he misses the Newcastle game. Alison, with, it's with these two in mind. You would have thought so. He yeah, doesn't I even he think... doesn't even bring him on against Newcastle. Yeah. He just warms warms up and annoys the Jordies <laughs> uh, just by just by running, running up and down and being the European champion. Yeah. But um, but you'd imagine that's with. He, you know, Jürgen thinking he he starts Napoli and he starts Chelsea. when yeah. he scored. He scored.
0: At yeah, yeah. Ninth. It's like it's like fours and fives games. You know, it's there's there's a plan across four four or five games. Isn't Definitely. Owen? And and that was obvious from the from the Newcastle game, and, and I would say you know all done with our full support, Jürgen, because um, because there's no doubt that he is in, he's he's crucial physically in terms of you know what he does like his creativity. He's very important, but. He's massively important in terms of the mentality, the experience, um, and and what he brings in his role. So I think you could see the plan there.
1: Um, should you score predictions? And then we'll go. Uh, Siobhan? 2 1. Um, 2 1, Liverpool. I think
2: it's going to be a bit tight, you know. But yeah, 2 1, Liverpool. I think we'll go 2 a up and then concede 1 at an awkward time of the game and knock your grief. This is while. stressing
1: me out already. I know. I know. Yeah, there it's because you called me loud before. So. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Not wrong. A- have you met I mean, you? women
0: are allowed to be loud, by
1: the way. <laughs> I did not say. Oh.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> Alison, Bobby, me in, in, in every part uh, yeah, the show have. today. Uh, Damien's score prediction? 2-1's a good shout,
3: and I think it could be a comfortable 2-1. Um, <laughs> That's a better 2-1. Two. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, As in, you know, we're not, like, we're not sweating because we know that the team's in control of the situation. I think we could win, yeah, possibly 2-0 or 3-1, to be honest with you. I do, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic here.
1: Alison?
0: Awesome. I think 2-0. I think that... Andy was right about clean sheets and the imperative that they're going to start to have around getting a clean sheet.
1: And Virgil had made a mistake in the week which is absolutely mad so you know he's going to want to rectify that, yeah, that so one mistake. So he's yeah. going
0: to be like demanding of himself Like, <laughs> clean sheet.
1: And the
4: uh 3-0 3-0, Oof. Oh, that'd
1: 3-0. Be what I'm a good what a lovely Sunday that'll be. I think Liverpool will win as well. Um I think 2-0 um 2 I think yeah, Chelsea haven't come up against anything quite like this Liverpool team. Well, apart from when they played Liverpool. Uh, but, but <laughs> Just a <massive laughs> <weeks ago. laughs> but, but not in the league so far. So I think this will be a bridge too far for them. Yay! Yay! See what you did there? God. That's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely dreadful. awful. Okay, but we all had a good time. I hope you've enjoyed the show <laughs> up until that awful punt. Uh, thanks a lot to everyone in the room for joining me and the guys who joined us on the phone as well. That's been the weekend uh, for this week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Reds. They're well worthy
6: of your enjoyments.